TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in anything that you do. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam from the Wellness Guys and the Wellness Couch. I'm in the car right now in Palm Beach with my good friend Nima Romani. He was actually a schoolmate of mine uh, back in chiropractic college. And uh, we were, oh, it's been 14 years since we've seen each other. And he's here in Sydney. And we're going to do an event uh, together this weekend. And I thought, you know what? While we're in the car, while we're showing up the northern beaches, I'm going to have him do a podcast on the road as we drive right now. So he's going to hold the mic, obviously, and uh, because i got to drive. But uh, more importantly, welcome to the show, Nima. Lawrence, it is great to be here. Um, first of all, I just want all the listeners to understand what a beautiful life that Lawrence here has created for himself. I couldn't be more proud. Um, I didn't doubt it for a second obviously but the beautiful home beautiful view in the north beaches in sydney and we're driving back and uh we just we were on the beach and we thought hey let's we were just having a conversation i thought hey let's do a podcast about this and i thought hey why not well you know Nima, you you've been uh tearing up the internet you know tearing up the world you're on a world tour at the moment and uh you know someone someone one of my clients has said to, to us today ravi he was saying what's What's with the water in Canada or at CFCC? Because, you know, obviously there's a few of us within that short, um, maybe two or three years, um, have really just kind of created a, a ripple effect on, onto the world. And we have this passion to help so many people. But, you know, Nima, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. And, you know, what is your life about? What's your life journey? Let's hear a little bit of background of you. And then we'll dive deep into, you know, anxiety and stress. Cool. I love talking about stress. Um, well, first of all, we teach what we most want to learn. So I wanted to learn how to cope with my uninspiring, let's say, emotional states. Um, turning point in my life number one was at the age of 13 when I had my first chiropractic adjustment. I knew I wanted to be a chiropractor. Fast forward going through, going through um, a really challenging time as most people did in their teenage years, being the only dark kid in a very predominantly white area. Uh, trying to fit in and having low self-esteem and an uninspired self-image because of my Persian background, um, going through some anxiety and depression. As a teenager, I wanted to understand and get some clarity in that. And fast forward a few more years going into through chiropractic school and finishing and thinking that the end all and be all of my life would be when I become a chiropractor. And then two years out, reaching this level of okay, I'm, I'm now coasting, I'm doing okay, but is this all there is to it? And so that's when I really started my journey of personal development, of trying to understand my inner game, my inner mind. And what I learned was so dramatically transformative that I dreamed one day of being able to tie that in to my practice and helping people with the same tools that I learned to help transform my inner mind, uh, inner game. And so... There was one realization I did when I was at a seminar, I was learning from another schoolmate of ours, Dr. James Chestnut, where he said, he said, whether or not the tiger is there or there is the fear of the tiger attack, um, your body reacts the same. Yeah. So what that 
what that taught me was, okay, so we all know it's not what's happening to us, but our perceptions of it. But I got on a soul level that understanding that my perceptions can actually change not only my body, but my life. So I became extremely obsessively fascinated by this concept of perception and transforming life, transforming health. And I studied beliefs and the next level of stress was being in practice and seeing how 90% of patients coming to see me were because of stress-related disorders. And what I understood about stress was that stress is just a, a perception, it's a belief, it's a myth. And if I can just teach these people how to transform that myth, remove the myth that's creating the stress, then will they be able to heal faster and get better results with the care that I was giving. And then the next level of turning point was that the teaching of that on, on the weekends when I was teaching the, the courses for my patients, the seminars for my patients, started to become more fulfilling for me than actually being in practice doing the hands-on work. So I decided I was gonna create an entire life out of traveling the planet and seeing, seeing the world, meeting old friends, while I was making a difference in people's lives. So I created a method that helps you dissolve stress and I'm teaching it all around the world now. Well, that's fascinating because I mean, I've had this perception. I remember actually, you know, it's funny. We're all talking about chiropractors. I guess that's what happens when two chiropractors get in the car talking about chiropractic. But it was actually a, a, a chiropractor. His name was Dick Santo. And he talked about belief systems and how beliefs, your eyes are almost like a filter. And the filter is the your lens of, of the world. And what we rather than seeing the world as outside in, is that the world is what we project from inside out. And that filter is that belief, that perception of stress. And so I got that really early on thinking about, man, like if we ever, if we actually just thought about that concept, I know it's just a concept, but if you think about that, what you just said, is that if we're able to change the filter, right, which is changing the belief, changing right. the, 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 the story that we've told ourselves or someone told us, what that story meant or that scenario, we then have a whole different entire way of seeing the world. And that's what you're talking about, changing the ability to actually be aware. Number one is being aware that you have a story or um, have a filter or a perception or a belief, and then rewriting it or changing it. How do you do that? What do you do? Like, do you, do you get people to go through a process to, to change it or? Well, the first thing that you do is um, is to make people aware of what that is. So I, every time I'm speaking at an audience or um, I'm doing in my overview method, um, overview experience seminars, I ask this question. I pose it. I said, tell me what's stressing you out in, in, in your life right now. And so invariably, somebody will say it's time, time management. It's, um, you know, family. It's teenagers. It's um, my ex. Um, they're, they're telling me what's stressing them out. And then what I do is throughout the entire talk, what I do is I actually show them that it's not those things that have the power to stress us out. Your, you know, your mortgage does not have the power to cause and create a fight or flight response in your body. Your thoughts and beliefs about your mortgage do. And the thoughts and beliefs usually that create stress almost every single time I've observed and this is why I find most fascinating, is that there is a should attached to it. In other words, I shouldn't have such a big mortgage. So I just went to your home. You have a gorgeous home. Now, if you 
are going to work each and every day and you're feeling stress about it and I say Lawrence what the hell's the problem why are you so stressed out why why do you look like you have more grays why is your digestion so bad why have you been losing sleep you're going to turn around and tell me Nima it's my mortgage and I will tell you no 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 it's not your mortgage it's the belief that I shouldn't have such a mortgage once I remove the belief that you shouldn't have such a mortgage. Look around you, Lords. Look at this beautiful house. Of course you should have a mortgage. You and your wife had decided that it was a high priority for you, that you have this gorgeous home with a view in this neighborhood and all this stuff that based on your values and the choices that you have made at the time, and that's the very important word, at the time, because when you use the word at the time, you realize you know, you're making a judgment at the time of the stress yeah. that's going on. It's it's not the future. The past hasn't been written yet. Sorry, the future exactly. hasn't been, been written yet, but the past already has, and it's determined that you, at the time, have a mortgage. Yeah, I love that. I love that concept. So when you remove the belief that I shouldn't have such a heavy-duty mortgage, now you can sleep at night knowing that you should because we remove the myth. Mm. Once you remove the myth, you don't have the stress, and now you can go to work and do what you need to do and take inspired action, but you're doing it without a fight or flight state, which actually helps you chip away faster at the mortgage. Yeah, rather than focusing that, on Rather the than stress. focusing on the myth, <laughs> the myth yeah, on yeah. the myth that I shouldn't have it. It's bullshit. Yeah. You should have that stress. You should have that myth. You don't have to have the you don't have to have the stress about it. You you, you have the, the, the mortgage, but you doesn't necessarily have to have the stress in dealing with it. Yeah. So when I learned this, it transformed everything. So now, every time that I get stressed, I realize I step out of my, myself, I call it overview. I look down and I see, where's the myth? Where's the should? And there is a should attached to every single stress that you're going through. Yeah, no, that's a great concept that you actually be able to see that. And, and it's so true. We talked about before in the car, we we're talking about, you know, thinking of the future and people get so stressed out about their future. Yes. But it's the, there's another one there. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So, so the stress of the future, if you are listening right now and you are, and, and I'll say, so what's going on and, and what's stressing you out? And then you'll say, if there's, I'm going through some uncertainties. I'm going through uncertainty. Um, you know, I got my house up for sale and is it going to sell? Or I'm out of work right now and I don't know when I'm going to have this. So in other words, uncertainty is another stress that, that it is major in, in people's lives. And again, another myth. It's another complete lie. It's a lie. And the lie behind the uncertainty is I should be more certain. Because in actuality, no, one's certain. no one is freaking certain. I don't know where I'm going. You don't know, listening. You don't know where you're going to be three months from now. That's right. You do not know if there's a cyclone that comes in or a landslide takes over your home. You don't know where the economy completely crashes. You don't know. There is no certainty. This concept of certainty is a myth. And the concept, it, it, I mean, we, we, we've been living up to now without certainty. Yeah. But the belief that I should be certain is what's crippling us. When you remove that belief and then start focusing on all the work that you need to do at this time, Mm. then all of a sudden you go two, three months, you're working, you're chipping away, you're chopping wood, carrying water, chopping wood, carrying water, chopping wood, carrying water. You know exactly what you need to do, but you're doing it in a state of inspired service. Rather than, oh my God, I should be more certain. No, you shouldn't. 
Remove the belief that you should be more certain and you are free to serve and learn and play and dance and experience life the way it was meant to be. You know, one of the things that you, you, you've been mentioning here and, and we've been talking about awareness and we're talking about, you know, recognizing yourself and, and, and is there a element of self-responsibility or having the responsibility that knowing that whatever situation you're in, you also had, you made a choice at some point to be where you are rather than sort of being in living in regrets in the past of yeah. the choice you made it is the choice that you've made and being able to be okay with that right. is there an element of that the biggest challenge that we face as a human species it's not really i don't really i have a dog and i don't observe this challenge in her <laughs> but it's loving what is yeah. you know byron katie wrote this book loving oh, what love is love loving what is and so how can I love what is when I have illness in the family or I have a disease or I have a, you know, a bankruptcy that I'm facing or I'm in a job that I'm, I'm just not fulfilled in? In order for you to create anything, you have to have a foundation of gratitude. So you're going to read all these books that say have an attitude of gratitude. So you're going to wake up and have these affirmations and say them, but they're not really authentic. Yeah. It's bullshit. And so you're trying to convince yourself that you're grateful, but you're not because you don't love what is. And you, 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 you have, you might even blame mother, father, preacher, teacher, yeah. old, you know, boss or whatever for putting you in the life situation that you are. But if you don't from an authentic place, learn how to love the hell that you're in, you don't have, you are constantly going to be pushing a boulder up a hill. Too often I see in my clients and, and people that I work with in my seminars and everything that they're looking around them and looking behind them rather than looking completely ahead as to what they need to be doing to transform themselves and the planet. And so being grateful, finding the tools to help you be grateful for whatever stress that you're in is paramount. So that's why I wanted to shortcut that and I created the overview method so that we could find to, to, to dissolve the stress, love the hell you're in first, because from that place you can make inspired uh, action steps to create whatever it is that you'd love. I mean, your life is a perfect demonstration of it. The life that's happening and unfolding with me is, is also a demonstration. I, I wake up and I go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually doing what I've always dreamed of. And I did it because I dissolve the resentment for where I'm at at this time. That's right. There's no regrets, no nothing I would change. Uh, I'm complete with every issue of my past. If you're finding it challenging, if you're finding that life is a struggle, uh, if you're having problems with anxiety, with de depression, with stress, it's likely a distraction from resentment. So I wanted to shortcut dissolving resentment. Well, you know, it's so interesting you say that. Byron Katie, by the way, amazing. We interviewed her on The Wellness Guys. You might want to check her out. Just, you know, search her on The Wellness Couch. But, you know, she talks about that being just loving what is. And I love that concept. And she, simple, three questions you have to ask yourself and you're back in the position. Is and, it true? Yeah. Is uh, it really true? Is it true? Can you guarantee it to be true? Um, and, and then, then turn, turn around. Turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. So I took her, a little bit of her concept, which I found like mind blowing, but I found it a little too vague, and I made it yeah. a little bit more, more specific. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that we 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 talk about here is is about you know the challenge of the champion's mind. You know, how do you get through? Because a lot of people get stuck. 
you know, they get stuck in their cells and then realizing first, some people are, have gone to a point of, yes, I own this. I own the responsibility of where I'm at. And um, the challenge is actually pushing those boulders. But what we, we discussed earlier today was about doing the work, you know, doing the work on ourselves to, to be able to create the future that we, we desire. I mean, you and I have had, you know, different paths, I guess, in a way, but same path now, like we, we both left practice not because we don't love serving clients, but we love serving clients, but we saw a bigger picture with, within ourselves. We we took a lot of chances. You know, there's a lot of chances we took. Yeah. Man, people don't understand the amount of, of um, I guess, I don't know, I don't even call it courage, or anything, but the commitment to kind of go, you know what, I'm changing careers, or I'm gonna go and do this. Because you, you're kind of moving away and you, let's talk about your parents you know how did your <laughs> let's talk about your parents about that because you did this awesome trailer about your your, your you know your upcoming documentary yeah. and you know is that what you mean by removing you know resentment and removing all yeah. those things to move forward exactly, is because yeah. we also have to face you know because because human beings we have to face all our critics and often our critics the, the most critical people are usually our family members. Yes, especially if you're Asian and Persian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a, it's a big, it, it's, it's a really big part of my story. And growing up as a twin, uh, competition was a big deal. Uh, always looking at the person next to you, how, what's he doing yeah. is, you know, he's a dentist, I'm a chiropractor, you know, in the beginning when we were, you know, coming out of our our student debt it was like oh how much money are you making uh, you know how much who's money did you doctor? make who's the better doctor <laughs> who has more patients um and and so once you know we had to get get over that but one of the things that my brother and i even at the age of 39 we're 39 turning 40 in november of 2015 um constantly trying to unconsciously earn the approval of mom and dad we want them to be proud we want them to be approving of our journey and everything single it seemed like every step of the way i've had to explain myself because it went contrary to the values and the the um kind of the box the paradigm that my my parents grew up in you know and so it's all about growing up as a persian it's all about perception how do you look how do I look in front Our of everyone? Aunts, yeah, the aunts and the uncles. Aunts and that uncles. they're not even related oh to God. us. <laughs> yeah. What are my, what, but one time I remember, um, I told my, I, I, cause I love to do rap and stuff like yeah. that. And I, and I wanted to practice cause one of the things that I do that's kind of unique in my, in my seminars is I write rap music that is pertinent to the lesson that I'm teaching. And so in order to, to be able to deliver that, you need practice in front of a live audience. So one time I went, my friend's a busker. So he's a street performer. Um, and so I just jumped in, grabbed the microphone, and I started rapping on the street, in, in, on Granville Street in downtown Vancouver. I think I saw that video. <laughs> and there was a ton of people all around, and they were throwing $10 bills into the thing. I was, you know, giving it to him because he's a street performer. But I just wanted the experience. And then when I came home, I said, Dad, guess what? No. Dad, guess what? I was just, I did my rap songs in front of all these people. And they were just so incredibly moved. And they were inspired. And I connected. And they came and congratulated me. And my dad said, what? What? And he just, he literally, he put his head to his, he goes, oh my. And he said, what would my sisters think if yeah. they saw you on the street like that? begging for money it was it was this feeling of shame yeah and it's like oh my god like it didn't even occur to me 
that that's something shameful. I thought most people that I see yeah, would be like, wow, that's so courageous. That's so unique. Who's doing that? And my dad's like, I don't see anyone doing that. And I'm like, everyone else is like, nobody else is doing that. That's incredible. And my dad's like, nobody's doing that. That's horrible. Yeah. So no one should be doing that. No one yeah. should be doing that. So the belief systems are so different. It's a different generation. It's a different mindset. It's a different upbringing. We're in a different economy where transparency and vulnerability is a currency. Yes. And, um, in his, in his generation, it's all about hiding yeah. and perception and let's, let's well, hide parts of ourselves, yeah, hide parts of ourselves because we only want others to perceive the good parts and it's just a different mindset. So there was this struggle of trying to prove it and then once I got it, I was like, ah, oh, they shouldn't have to approve of me in order for me to love myself, in order for me to move in the direction of my vision and dream. I just have to appreciate. So I turned that resentment into appreciation, uh, and that. now it's part of a, uh, it's part of my journey. So let's talk a little bit about that. You, how did you turn resentment to appreciation? Just for you know, all the audience, how do you Good take question. some? Like, just take. You know, I'm sure all of us can think of at least one part of our lives that we're resentful to someone or something. Yep. Yep. How do you turn that around to become grateful? Um, okay. You know, for their life. Now. How can they change? How can they change that? It's a great. That's the main question. I wanted to answer that because little do we understand resentment. If you are carrying a resentment for your parents, studies show that you have a higher likelihood of disease later in your life. That's actually what I'm going to be publishing. So resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Okay. Yeah. Hundred percent true. Resentment and a lack of purpose. If you have, if you have, if you're in. You're in your life right now and you are floating on this spaceship earth and you don't have a purpose and you're holding on to resentment, you're screwed. <laughs> That's what the studies are showing. There you go. End of discussion. You're screwed. So um, I did, when I discovered that, I had to find a way to turn around my resentment towards myself in form of guilt and shame, towards others in form of anger and, and, and hostility and regret and all that stuff. So I discovered... Uh, the, some inner work, you know, John D. Martini, and so I've dedicated my life to teaching this method. It's called the Overview Method. In in these seminars called the Overview Experience, where I teach you how to turn resentment around, and how do you do it? I'm going to give you kind of the Coles notes of it. Um, it's by asking the right question. So the reason why you're resentful of something, and let's use a real life example of parent. Let's say parental uh, lack of approval. How I turn that resentment around. The only reason why you resent something is because of your perception that is in your way. That it, this resentment I have towards my parents is because I perceive that their lack of support for my vision, mission, and purpose is in my way. If I can somehow find a way to see their lack of approval as on the way, the resentment turns to gratitude. Ah, so it's in the way versus on the way. If you have anything in your life that you look back on and you feel that is in your way, it, you feel it's a mistake that's made in the universe, your body and your physiology will turn into a stress response. You go into a fight or flight state. Your world starts to cave in and close off and you see separation and it actually works as mud on your wings preventing you from flight. That's great. If you can learn how to clear that resentment by asking the right question, how is that 
in the way, sorry, on the way. How did it serve me? How did it make me stronger? How did it connect me? How did it make me more resilient? And by asking those questions, I saw, oh my God, my parents' lack of approval made me so strong and resilient and it made me more certain and it made me more authentic and connected with who I am and it made me work 10 times as hard because I had a chip on my shoulder to prove that I wouldn't be where I am today at the age of 39 living my dream wouldn't change a thing because if they were any different and they were the quote unquote supportive parents, the Cosby parents, the Beaver, the, the Cleavers, yeah. oh, there you go. Yes, I support you, whatever you want to do. I would not be where I am today, soaring at the heights that I am, making the impact that I am, traveling that I am, meeting the people that I am, uh, connecting with who I am because they didn't believe in it. Yeah, no, I. So, the resentment turned to gratitude. Well, I think that's 100%. You know, I one of the key things I think for a lot of people listening uh, who've never heard of these type of concept before, they have a hard time wrapping their head about how do I change? There's, there's nothing good about that resentment, or there's there's no way I can turn it into a uh, a gratitude. And that's where people's first response is usually. Exactly. And you when I say, people. what are the benefits? And they say, there are no They're benefits. Not, yeah. So that's the first level. That's the first level of conscious awareness. If you're stuck in a gravitational, uh, in a gravitational state, stuck on your story, you're here. You're looking at the world from this point of view. You're only looking at it from my values, my vision outside. You see separation and you have a very difficult time seeing the other side, the benefits of it. This is a skill and it's not for everyone. That's why so few people have mastered it because it's not for the faint of heart. It's for you. It's only if you're able to detach yourself from your own limited understanding and going to a overview perspective. It's, it's conscious awareness. It's painful to, if you look at the rocket ship that is trying to soar and go into the moon, initially there's a great deal of inertia it's stuck, so the rockets are you know, firing and it's slow in the beginning, isn't it? It doesn't really wanna go, but it takes a great deal of energy to go. But then once it starts to move and accelerate, it becomes easier. And this exercise that I'm t sharing, this exercise of asking the right question gets you to access parts of your brain that you weren't used to. It's kind of like emotional yoga. Yeah. The first time you do yoga, you don't, you only, you can't even touch your toes. Yeah, that's right. The, and you say, oh, forget it. I just can't touch my toes. Do you stop doing it? Or do you say, let's just keep at it a little bit. And eventually I'm going to be able to stretch myself. It's the same thing with your mind. Well, I th you know, talking about yoga, I think is a perfect example. Like I yeah. did yoga for the very first time. When? Very first time, uh, about three weeks ago. Wow! At the wellness breakthrough. So we have, we took a, you know, I think it was about 45 of us, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, people from all, all around Australia. How bad did you suck? Oh, you know, it was painful, right? Yeah. It was painful. And yeah. we were holding those poses that type of yoga I was doing. I can't remember what it's called. It was a uh, yin yoga, yeah. uh, Sin Sindra, Sindra Banks, if you're listening, you know, fantastic. so, so you have a choice after that first time yeah. you can go, Oh, I suck at yoga. I'm never doing it again. Yeah. Or, or you, cha you change the story. Oh, the whole point, actually getting into the yoga, the whole hour that we were in, she, you know, she was so good at, you know, talking us through, he goes, just free, just let go. And that, that, the mind, oh my God. The mind me. is a big part of yoga. That's right. It's I'm not just a physical, it's not just a physical exercise. It's an emotional one too. That's why yoga is a great, a great tool of 
decreasing stress becoming present and increasing flexibility. But this is what I'm talking about is an emotional yoga, the letting go. What you just said, you said, let go, letting go of your own limited perception. First, you have to acknowledge that the perception that you have is just a perception that in order for you to get to the next level and and get to gratitude and and let go of the resentment, you have to let go of your point of view. Yeah. And so that's why this is an exercise. I've gotten really good at it. And I just knowing the seeing the research I've done about resentment, I don't allow anybody to hold to for me to hold on to my resentment towards them for very long. I still get pissed off. I'm human. Yeah. People get people get under my skin, they get under my nerves, but then I don't allow it to linger for a long time. I ask the right questions and I clear it. You know, and, and this is the thing, the whole thing about Champions Mind. Like we do this podcast is because we're helping people to kind of guide um, towards living a better life and, and getting out of mediocrity and really doing something to overcome their, their, their challenges and really just achieve amazing things. And I think personally, when I first learned about this stuff, is that it's so much better to live a life like that where there's no worries about, you know, just knowing that there's a balance that, right. you know, I've always believed that, you know, the life has a purpose. You know, the, the direction that I am in has a purpose, whether it be good or bad, that's happening to me it is rather than labeling it good or bad it is just what it is it's and tied to something greater that's right and there's that that wake and I, I, I attribute to uh, almost like uh, uh, driving a boat you know on, on a lake or an ocean and you leave the wake that you have behind you you will touch the shores and sometimes the shores are so far away you might never ever see it before your life it goes on you know mm-hmm. and the thing is, is that we're all leaving a legacy and I think it's rather than floating in space, like you said, floating in the water, I think it's our duty as a human being to become the best version of ourselves so that the world can be impacted by whatever gifts you can you came into the world to do. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, um, I'm, Nima, thank you so much, man. I mean, this is uh, we're driving in the middle of Sydney traffic. We're video recording this too as well. <laughs> and, uh, this is a first for me, but this is the amazing... Um, testament to how technology we're in an amazing world where we can be connected we're in sydney australia uh driving and we're you know using two mediums we have a recorder here we got video there and then this is going to be put on a podcast and it's going to be beamed to all four corners of the globe so that hopefully somebody takes something and then we'll be able to make an impact on their tribe on their community on their family and remove resentment so that they can soar to greater heights. I mean, and, that's yeah. amazing. And that's what, you know, I love to be able to have greater human. I think this is what the world needs. The world needs better human beings. And I think whoever you're listening to right now, if you take anything, to take something from this podcast, from what Nima's talked about, and apply it. I mean, it's, like you said, it's emotional yoga. It takes time. And the more you practice it, the more it's going to be leveraged and you're going to be able to, to really increase your life potential and to really change people's minds. Nima, People are going to love, we're going to want to know more about you. Where do they go to find out more about you? Um, you I have a YouTube channel, Nima Romani, or uh, or Dr. Nima. Uh, YouTube it. There's several interviews that I do about the stress of resentment, stress of shame, stra- whatever. Uh, there's tons of stuff on YouTube. Um, and uh, overviewmethod.com. If you overview. have any questions, you go contact at overviewmethod.com. And I would love to be of service if I can. I'll- Man, you guys got to go check out the videos. He's an amazing creature. He's very creative. He's a great entertainer um, as well. And, um, you know, he loves taking that information of, of being a creator and taking this amazing information on Overview and putting it together. And he has have so much fun. And he's I can't wait to see 
uh, his next few years and how where he's going to take it to the world. So, Nima, <laughs> me neither. But I don't have to be certain about where exactly. I'm going. There's, <laughs> there's no thing. shit, right? <laughs> there's no shit. I don't care, but it's going to be fun wherever it is. <laughs> oh, I just be, I just love to be just a, a viewer of, uh, of what you're going to be able to do in this world. So, thanks so much for uh, participating in this uh, podcast and uh, being part of this journey and us leveraging time as we drive through Sydney traffic. Thank you so much, Lawrence. I had a blast. All right, guys. So, check us out on uh, Inside Champions Mind on the wellnesscouch.com. Make sure you go to our Facebook page, like us, and share. like us, please, yes. please like us so that we can love ourselves. That's right. Share this podcast. <laughs> share this podcast with your friends and your family. And go check out uh, Nima's uh, website, and we'll put it in the show notes as well, so that you can check out his links. And more importantly, uh, make sure you go to the wellnesscouch.com. We'd love to hear more about you, and so we can send you information there. And uh, be prepared. We're going to change things up in the next few months with a brand new website uh, that's to come. So guys, this is Inside the Champion's Mind. I'm without my co-host, Marcus Pierce, but uh, this car only fits two people, so that's why we had Nima and had to kick Marcus onto the curb. So this is a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity to pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam with... There you go. Give give us a beat. Lawrence Tam. Lawrence Tam. (laughs) Love it. See you guys. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.